What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name's Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranges McBasketball. We're joining here uh, late on a Friday afternoon, talking about the last week to 10 days or so of the Lakers season. And uh, just before what I think is pretty easily the Lakers' biggest game of the season so far against the Portland Trailblazers, not only for the standings, so the Lakers are tied exactly 37-29 with the Blazers, but this will determine the uh, tiebreaker, which will you know, help with the Lakers seeding. And as of now, it's kind of in that three-team race, right, with the Mavericks uh, game ahead with only 28 losses. That's I like to look at the losses, Tim. I don't know about you. It's not how much, like, how many wins behind are you. It's how many losses because, you know, the, I assume that these teams are going to win more often than not with those remaining games. So, you know, look, the, D- Dallas has got a loss on the Lakers and the Blazers and the tiebreaker, at least over the Lakers. So we're recording. Uh, but we, I want to talk a little, you know, probably about that Clippers game. You talked Lakers had that nice win where Anthony Davis looked like himself again against the Nuggets. So a bit of a mixed bag. We got some good news with that Anthony Davis game, but then he goes out with back spasms, apparently, uh, even though it looked like he kind of tweaked his ankle as well. But he's going to try to play tonight. Obviously, if he doesn't, it's not going to look good for the Lakers chances with no Schroeder, no LeBron as well. But I, I guess uh, as far as what you saw from the Clipper game, is there anything outside of like, you know, the the first half, I guess, where you can judge is a, a fair kind of what this lineup might look like, even though there's no LeBron, like anything good from it? You see Kuzma's good, I guess. It, yeah, it's it's difficult because the, the it's like the tactics weren't playoff tactics. The lineups in a lot of cases weren't playoff lineups. The Lakers are missing key pieces, came into the game missing several key pieces with AD leaving. They, they had even less. There was like no ball handling for the Lakers for the most part. Um, so it was it's a tough game to take a lot away from in terms of like if we play the Clippers in the playoffs, what does it look like? But I do think Kuz was looking good. He showed his scalability in terms of when he needs to be the fourth or fifth option, he can be a really good off ball catch and shoot guy. When he needs to be more involved, he can be more involved. And I thought he played pretty well given all the circumstances. Um we again saw Gasol struggle to get on the court. Um, Schroeder was out. THT was out. LeBron was out. Yeah. So it, it was a game when we think about like, you know where might Gasol make more sense compared to the baseline that we've been working with. This seemed like one of those games where his playmaking would add something that 
due to those ball handlers being out, the Lakers would need. And it just didn't quite uh, come together in that way from a rotation standpoint. So that stood out to me. I think Caruso, we can see continue to see him looking a little bit better and better, uh, even though he's playing a little bit over his head with the ball handler responsibilities and ball screens and stuff like that. Wes Matthews, I think, also played pretty yeah. good. His defense, that's, that's one thing that I do take away from this game for a playoff series with the Clippers is Wes Matthews is going to be important. Yeah. His defense against a team with scoring wings, that's you got to have that. And KCP's not quite that style of defender. And because of that, Wes is important. If his threes are falling, that really helps. If his threes aren't falling, you put yourself in a tougher situation. Um, but especially with LeBron probably not being – like, let's be realistic. LeBron won't be 100% for the playoffs. Yeah. And if he's less mobile defensively – does he need to like I don't think if I'm thinking about him spending his energy bar which you've we've talked about Mm -hmm. on the pod I'd rather that be on offense than defense um and allowing him to go find someone to whether it's a stretch big or just a, a someone who's a little bit less active in like pick and rolls or like a scoring wing that's kind of where I'd put him and then let him rotate and help and do what he does defensively because even if he's a a little bit behind athletically in that role the role itself and what it demands of you and his IQ and positional defense, I think puts him in a decent position to still succeed. Whereas if he needs to be an on-ball wing stopper on defense against Kawhi or Paul George, that really hurts, you know, his ability to perform defensively. And then also offensively, he's probably going to be a, a little bit back from where what he could be if he were able to conserve energy. So because mm-hmm. of that, I think Wes Matthews is important for this series and even more so because of that LeBron injury. Well, and I think to do that, you kind of want LeBron at the four, which means AD needs to be at the fives. And we'll talk a lot mm-hmm. more about lineups going forward in this pod. We kind of want to talk about uh, today which center would be useful when in a little bit more of a top down view from all these different matchups in the playoffs. So I, I just wanted to kind of continue on like. As much as I agree and and liked that Gasol got those minutes in the second, it looked like he only got them because Anthony Davis got injured. We got a a trip. We got a shift from Trez. Right. And it didn't go particularly well. Um, And then Gasol came in and we didn't see Trez in the second half. So at the same time, it seemed uh, circumstantial. It did seem like, okay, Trez didn't work. Let's go back to Mark. And not really, you know, give Trez another look in this game. So, did you think that was the right call? Or is that just to like, God, they're all bitching at me to play Mark. Here you go. I I do think Anthony Davis going down probably had something to do with it. And if that's the case, this is game three in a row where the only reason we saw Marcus all play at all was because somebody got injured or someone was in foul trouble. Two yeah. A couple games ago, it was Trez got banged up and then we saw Gasol come in in what would have been an extension of, of Trez's normal shift. And that's the only reason he played. He only played one stint for that game. That was it. And then against Denver, we saw Drummond get in foul trouble and get, you know, for first half and second half, get just get in really, poor, really bad foul trouble. And that led to us seeing Gasol. And then Gasol was out there for like 12, 13 minutes at a time, partially because of that foul trouble, partially because he was playing well and it, it was working and the team, you know, ended up taking the lead and, and, uh, but then that didn't carry over to this game. And we, again, only saw him play five minutes. And so that I have my confidence meter is low in terms of expecting Gasol to play 
more over the next few games. Maybe a flip switches in the playoffs. We're going to talk in a minute about what series makes sense for which of the centers, but at least right now, I, it's, I have a really poor feel on why he's not playing. It's hard to, to on, have those on-court reasons, and it, it makes me think that he's probably not going to play these next couple games. Or if he does play, it'll be because of injury or, or foul trouble again. Well, I just think it's an interesting uh, thing to read that in a game where Anthony Davis missed the second half, that another one of your bigs you would think would get more run Mm -hmm. gets less. So that's a a tactical choice as well. Uh, We had Cousins, you know, is now kind of their backup center. We'll, We'll get into the depth chart at center for these other, you know, West teams here coming up next. But. Cousins was was given Trez the business down low, physical post score. He was able to get some jump hooks over him and uh, and Trez wasn't able to perform on offense and give the team that boost. And so, you know, he got pulled and 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 Mark, you know, comes into the game. First play of the game, you know, hits a backdoor cut to KCP who misses a layup. But then it was kind of a rough shift from Mark, too. So. Mark isn't the only thing holding this team back. I want Lakers mm-hmm. fans to recognize that the struggles don't only come from Mark, but yeah. it seems in, and I don't know if this is THT uh, is the, uh, also the flip side of this equation with, with, uh, those West minutes, you know, I, I hope that there were West minutes because of Kawhi and PG matchups, but if it's because THT was out, you know, THT is, it's going to be an issue in this series, I think, staying on the court against uh, a team that shoots the, this well because he's shown to be not the greatest in those, uh, you know, closeout rotations on the weak side. And uh, and the Clippers just you saw it like, you know, they made four threes in the first quarter. And I was like, Tim, I was like, this isn't even like an aberration. These guys, this is how they're going to kill us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't it, know. it's just what they're good at. Yeah. Any, any closing I- thoughts about the, the Clippers matchup yet? You mentioning the THT West thing (laughs) makes me even more depressed about this because (laughs) it it could be like we could look at every one of these lineup decisions when it's favorable and say, ha ha, brilliance. Like, there we go. This is what we want. Or it's just because guys are out. You know, THT was out. That's why we got West minutes. It wasn't the the staff recognizing something or trying something out. Maybe it was, but we really can't tell. So from that perspective, it's. I don't know. I, I feel like we've been very herky jerky over the past couple of months in terms of like, yeah, these plays look good and then they stop running the good plays. So these lineups look good and then they stop running those good lineups. So this lineup doesn't look good and then they they keep using it and then they stop using it. So it's it's difficult to have a read on the coaching when the injuries and COVID have been the way they are because it's hard to get a consistent look at at something. It's it's right now with guys coming in and out, it's we're just seeing I think what the team needs to do given the bodies available. So it's, it's hard to read too much from that and, and learn from that for the playoffs, I think. All right, man, let's dive into these center minutes here. And today we're going to try and talk about the other teams in the Western Conference's lineups. So their starters, maybe their first or their first and second center off the bench. And then their theoretical small ball five. Uh, we've got kind of this this awesome tool that Tim's created that, you know, we, we kind of messed around with uh, the beginning of the season, uh, mapping out different minutes, player combinations, positions. So wh- where do you want to start, Tim? Do you want to start with the Lakers? Or you want to start with the rest of the Western Conference? Let's start with the 
rest of the Western Conference. Let's let's go there first. We can and and we've heard this kind of reference. Frank has talked about this in his his post game comments in terms of things like, oh, we think this, you know, we want to get him more time against this team because of this, or we couldn't put him in Trez in, or we couldn't put Gasol in because of X, Y, and Z. So like, let's actually dig into it. Let's we we have a, a matrix here. We basically have like a depth chart among mm-hmm. the center position for every team in the West in the standings from Utah all the way down to the Spurs. So basically, anyone who could be making that play-in game or the Lakers could potentially see in the playoffs, realistically, what does that actually look like? And then how do the Lakers bigs fit into that? Because AD is going to play some five. He's going to probably going to play more five in the playoffs than he did this regular season. Same same as last year. Gasol is someone who. Maybe he isn't playing the way he kind of is now, or maybe he suddenly gets more minutes in the playoffs. And then you've got Drummond and Trez, and with Trez, you're worried about his post-defense, and you're worried about him on the defensive boards. So when you see teams that are strong on those offensive rebounds or have good back, like Boogie, Boogie Cousins is a good example, backup center, that's going to beat him up in the post. That might be a series against the Clippers where you don't want to play Trez. So just trying to think from a principled approach, where do guys certain where do certain guys fit in? And I think you have to start with what the other team is throwing out there to actually have a realistic view of this. All right. So so let's start then like toward the top with the Jazz. Uh, we've mentioned in our kind of preview against them. Well, I don't think it's a particularly good Drummond series. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think about the Gobert as a starter? He'll get, you know, 35 minutes somewhere in there. They'll play him a, a lot. But favors is there to kind of play back up or if they really wanted to go small let like a all like spread out offense they could throw Ilyasova at the five which you know i don't think they would do i think that kind of takes away a lot of their advantage right is in mm-hmm. how they play but they could do it if they try to keep up with the lineup so is trez full out on this one for you too this is i think this is a start gasol series personally if i had my preference yeah, I this could be a Stark Assault series. It could be AD at the five series and just start switching a lot. Um, I think Trez is probably not playing as much in this series just because Utah's so strong on those offensive boards. I don't think they're really gonna like I don't I'm not too worried about Derek Favors or Ilyasova or Rigo Bear doing much against him in the post per se. Um, but from a rebounding standpoint, I think you'd have a little bit of concern there. With Drummond, and, and we talked about this a couple pods ago, with Drummond, it also might not be a Drummond series. So this, to me, feels like a Gasol AD, a lot of your five minutes kind of series with maybe a stint of either Drummond or Trez. Yeah, and you can match those up when Gobert's not in the game. So yep. whoever the Jazz choose to spell him, you can pick, uh, like, it probably be Favors, right? So who best kind of counters Favors, you know, I, I don't think Trez is a great matchup for him personally. I think Favors can be a little physical, but he's not exactly a post scorer that you're really going to worry about, um, you know, time and again. But so I'm going to pair this first part uh, with the second part and ask, could this be a Gasol Trez matchup for each different opponent? So there's two sides to this, right? Mm hmm. We haven't seen it. Frank, you know, came out and talked about said he 
it's hard to play two bigs in the in modern NBA. And to, to me, that was the wrong lesson to read from that. And of course, I'm not an NBA coach. But what I read from that is that there, it's not about bigs, quote unquote. It's about spacing and shooting. And, you know, you have not a great shooting spacing with AD and Drummond and Trez and Gasol is much better. And kind of what you should worry about then is defense and how they can match up with, you know, Utah's backup fours and, and the rest of the league's backup fours. So their starting power forward is like Royce O'Neal or, or Bogdanovich, depending on how you want to you know, throw it down. And then they have George Niang for their backup four. So is Trez Gasol a matchup, do you think, that can, that can work against Utah? So offensively, like you said, I think it's fine. You, you've got Gasol out there spacing or playmaking from the perimeter and then Trez in the dunker spot or posting up. So just in general, offensively, I don't think we have too many questions about this group. I think it can work. I'm surprised they haven't tried it to really see how it would work, but I'm not worried about that. Like you mentioned, uh, Drummond and AD is actually the grouping that we've seen struggle with that spacing because they're both in the post a lot. Um, and that's resulting in trouble for both of them posting up. It's also resulting in trouble for those kickouts then to guys trying to drive, just not having space to drive anywhere. And we're seeing players settle for pull-up mid-range shots instead of being able to get to the rim. And that's that's an issue. Sorry, to answer your question. So I think this is actually one of the weaker matchups for the Lakers in terms of that Gasol-Trez 4-5 combo because I think you'd play Gasol to 5 defensively. And then Trez... Or Gasol, either way, I think the weakness with them would be if the other team has a power forward as their backup power forward that is going to be like mobile, either running ball screens or coming off of like pin downs, flare screens. And George Niang is somebody that's involved with that motion and moving around and running off of screens. And to me, that's putting Trez not in a great position to succeed. So for me, I don't see this as a Trez Gasol series. Some of them, some of the other ones, yes, but for this one, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good call. I mean, I guess the question you kind of want to ask, too, is what kind of fours do you want? And we'll get into this with the other teams, Trez to guard, because that's probably who's going to be on them. And that's the other thing is, you know, you don't really want to put Mark on just like somebody standing in the corner. It kind of takes away some of the value he adds on defense and right. it's not his best role to begin with. So, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's right. Like a lot of the tricky part with the Jazz is their spacing on defense, and they they're just able to to pull you apart and have that kind of hammer in the middle uh, with good ball handling, playmaking, shot making, and the the mid range from multiple guys. Yep. So it, you know Drummond dropping even what he's good at, that's still going to give up really good shots for the Jazz too. So. Mm-hmm. And then thinking Trez Gasol on the other end of the court, Trez being guarded by George Niang is, is a pretty good advantage for the Lakers. Like, I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about that. So that's the maybe you do give up something on defense, but offensively, are you able to gain more? And then does this turn into a situation where those with those lineups, it's the Trez post up lineup because you're trying to target that matchup. And if that is the case in general, you know, I see that as advantageous. But what if you're the Jazz? Don't you just put Niang on Gasol? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. There you go. You just solved everything. Crap. That's no good because because Mark's not going to be like posting up and, and no. bruising down though. So 
all right, I'm glad you're here to, to rebut. My I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking. No, you're right. Okay. Forget about it. You know, they just, they just fixed it right there with one simple tweak. So it's a definite no for the Trez Gasol pairing for the Utah yeah. series. Uh, I, I, I was trying to further make that point and uh, yeah, I backwards pushed you into it. So, there you go. but we got there. I, I think, it's pretty clear for Utah, at least. I don't want to spend too much time on one team here because we have a lot to get through. But I think it's important because the center rotation will matter a great deal for uh, Utah series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so agree. so what about the Suns? The other team toward the top Lakers could face if they get the play in seven, eight range. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Ayton is their starter, but they've succeeded a lot this season with like a small ball five with Dario Saric. Technically, guys, Frank Kaminsky could be more of a, a a bigger body, but still stretching the floor five for them. But that's kind of been their options there. So that you know, that's it. It's Aiton or Sarge. It's you know, athletic guy who can hit some some mid rangers, set some screens, finish over the top on offense, or that small ball guy who can spit space the floor and kind of play make uh, on on the bench unit. So. I think that this could be a Drummond matchup. He could do okay in uh, just because I don't think Aiton is is so, you know, dangerous. But what do you think about like also how Chris Paul could could attack any of these centers in the pick and roll? Yeah, I think you're bringing up the right points. I'm not worried about any of those three guys from a post-defense standpoint. This isn't a super strong offensive rebounding team. So from that perspective, I'm not as worried about Trez. Uh I think Drummond can fare well against what they're doing, but you're asking the right question about Chris Paul or even Devin Booker. How do they attack the Lakers bigs in ball screen coverages? And that's something from watching more and more of them over the past couple of weeks, I've noticed that they are kind of a shape-shifting team offensively and defensively in that they're going to see what personnel you have, see what coverages you're running and just attack it the right way. Gain those small advantages, play advantage basketball by attacking in the right ways. And, uh, we, we saw them not be able to like hang with the Nets doing that, even though they were crazy efficient. Um, but that would worry me a bit. I think they would attack the catch hedging with slips, um, though finishing at the rim. As long as you've got AD out there as your four, I feel OK about that back end rotation. I think with the backup center not having a strong AD kind of guy to clean up messes, you get into a little bit more trouble. Um, but this is another series that I think you could play Trez or Drummond. So I think I'm remembering this right. There's that game against Phoenix. The Lakers lost late. That kind of sticks out in my mind is one of the games that could have been won this season based on kind of a tactical, you know, mistakes or, or mm-hmm. stubbornness. Maybe I think that was a game Trez got left in in the fourth in like a closing lineup for way too long and got roasted. I think uh, I think I'm remembering this right. It might have been the opposite because I remember Phoenix going small. I, I, re- I remember Trez not playing against Aiton, but then Phoenix went small and Trez still wasn't playing because they yeah. were and they were worried about how he would match up with Sarge. So what do you think about that matchup? Because in theory, you know, Trez is a better suited to track him than someone like Marcus Gasol, obviously. But is is that a good I think that's a good matchup for Trez on offense as well. I would think so. Right. Like you would think so. I, I am going to really quickly pull up Sarge's like synergy play types and make sure that he's not playing differently from 
the way I'm assuming he's playing and, and have seen him play. But I would look at that matchup and say, yeah, that's great. Like, he's not going to be a great post defender. Same thing with Kaminsky. Like, those are guys that Trez can go after offensively. And then on the other end, uh, like, Sarge isn't running off of screens. He's spotting up. He's posting up and a below average post up guy. And he's picking and popping. And, like, I'm okay with, with Trez in all those situations. So I feel like this is a series where he, as a backup five, could make some sense. I still think you probably like Anthony Davis guarding Aiton in crunch time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously AD at the five is is well known to be deadly, but there's nothing about Aiton beating AD in one-on-one that worries me too much. So ultimately, I think that's there. But I think Drummond, Trez, I don't know about Gasol. I think this is probably not a Gasol series. What do you think? I agree with that. I, I think with how Phoenix attacks offensively, the mobility that you get with ad you feel great about the mobility i think a step up with trez over gasol makes you feel a little bit better and then drum and gasol i feel like that could go either way with the first series with utah i think it could be drum and it could be trez with this series i think it could be drum and i think it could be gasol but i feel good about ad as ever um and i think trez can play in this series I mean, I, I actually might have to even just favor Gasol because of what we've seen the team perform like with him at, at their ceiling compared to Drummond. But I, I guess it's yeah. just not Andre Drummond. I don't think uh, kills you in in this series the way it does other series. But what about Mark Gasol and Trez in this matchup? Do you think this because this is the same thing, right? You got Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, you know, Torrey Craig is kind of their four rotation in Phoenix. Yeah, this is another one I do not want that 4-5 matchup out there. I think with how often Cam Johnson's running off of screens, uh, same thing with Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig, I don't, I don't want Trez out there in those situations with Gasol having to play that four. So, again, you'd say, hey, he has an advantage in the post, but then if they're just putting – although I'd say if they put Sarch or Kaminsky on him, he still has an okay, like a decent spot in the post. Um but on the defense, I think you. I don't think you gain enough offensively to make up for what I believe they would lose with Trez having to chase Cam Johnson around screen. So I'm going to say no on this one. Yeah, I think Phoenix is probably the most forgiving matchup out of a lot of these uh, combinations. Like a lot of it's because of the youth of some of these guys. They don't have a ton of versatility. Um, when certain guys are out there, you know what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. which is good. They credit to Monty Williams. I think he's coached the team well at putting all these guys in roles where they can succeed. It's just, I don't know if, you know what I mean? That, that it's more the Lakers versatility last year where it's when, when, you know, Dwight goes in for these minutes or they play, yeah. when the Lakers play small, you know, they're going to play this certain way. Or yeah. when uh, Keith is out there playing certain positions, you know, like it, it was right. versatility by having multiple tools in the toolbox instead of having, a bunch of uh, what? What are those knives that have all of the different tools in them? Um, <laughs> Multi tools. Yeah, the Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. It, it's not a team with a bunch of Swiss Army knives. It's just a team that has a bunch of tools in the toolbox. 
All right. So what about the Clippers then? We did just see them last night. They started Zubach, but Ibaka has been injured. He had been starting at center for much of the season. Uh, but they also recently added DeMarcus Cousins to their bench. We saw him kind of, you know, give the business to Trez in that short shift, like we mentioned. Uh, in theory, their small five is Ibaka or Markeith Morris uh, if they wanted to go that way. So or Marcus, excuse me. Um, so. If they do start Zubac, uh, we just saw it against Drummond. It's like Zubac defended Drummond pretty well in the post. Um, Drummond, you know, kind of got bodied by Zubac on the other end. What do you think? Is this, I, I think, another Marc Gasol series like through and through? Yeah, I think this is very much not a Trez series because I don't like that boogie matchup. I don't think this is a good Drummond series because what he provides offensively in the post, they have good post defenders to defend with Sue and, and Ibaka and Boogie's okay as well. So I'd say no to Trez. I don't like Drummond in this one. I think this is very much a Gasol and AD yeah. series. Yeah, I think so as well. But what about the the size discrepancy? At, at, so could Trez work with Gasol, I guess? Uh, it, it's a little better, right? Because the backup four for the Clippers right now is Nicholas Batum. It was a little bit more stationary and maybe a little bit easier for a guy mm-hmm. like Montrez Harrell to guard. Uh, so, so what do you think about Is that maybe a way to uh, mitigate some of Trez's weaknesses and still use him in a lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I Trez can hang with Batum because Batum's not... He's mostly just kind of standing in the corner. Um, he'll he's a ball mover. He's a shooter, but he's not. Ball's not in his hands a lot. He's not running off of screens. He's not operating ball screens. I think, given how he's playing this year at this stage in his career, and if it were Batum a couple of years ago, the answer yeah. would be different. But Batum this year, I think I feel a little bit better about Trez out there, um, defending in those situations. I mean, I like that. If if it's Zoo Batum and we've got Trez Gasol, Gasol can space out, pull that rim protector out of there. Um, Trez can be attacking in the post. Um, or, or I don't know. This is a series where defensively you don't lose much by having Trez guard at Batum. And given how Batum this year and his three-point shooting data, he's gotten really easy threes. And he's given you about okay, okay performance on those threes. He's not somebody... I'm scared of leaving. So if Trez does need to rotate out of there and go defend the rim as a help defender, I feel okay about the Lakers rotations recovering to Batum. He's not an elite three point shooter. He's just someone who has good percentages because he's getting, he's been getting really easy shots. So I, I, I like, I like how this one looks for the Lakers. Let me set this up for you real quick. And, and this is kind of to ask what, like we were talking about with the Nyang, like how would the the Jazz counter? How would the Clippers counter? Mm-hmm. It's game two, Clippers are up 1-0. It's the second quarter and the Lakers put in Trez and Gasol together and they go on the, a 10-0 run. You call a timeout and on Batum at the four. How do you as Ty Lu adjust to Gasol, Trez, Kuzma, uh, THT, Caruso, you know, LeBron lineup? Yeah. Like what's your next move? I'd look at... S- I'd look at sliding Kawhi. That's what I was four. thinking. Because all the, yep. in the playoffs, these guys are going to be playing 40, 42 minutes, not 30, 35, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to have Kawhi and Paul George, you know, whenever you need them. So you just call a quick timeout and then slide them up. How, what do the Lakers do there? Yep. Like that's, you got to adjust back. Then the Lakers go small. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Lakers go even smaller. And uh, yeah, 
So, and, and we can play that. I like how we're playing this out because this is what's yeah. going to happen. This is, dude, two weeks from now, we're going to be doing yeah. a podcast saying the Lakers are playing yeah. X. Yeah. <laughs> Here's 90 exactly. minutes of information about the plays they run, the matchups, what we're looking out for, stuff like that. It's, it's, we're almost there. Um, so I'm happy we're getting yeah. those wheels turning in the brains because it's a completely different basketball game than it is in the regular season. We don't get to see the, the move, counter move, yeah. counter move like we do in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, even just playing an opponent, you know, multiple times in a row is, is mm-hmm. which I, I've liked. There have been some kind of baseball series you've seen this year that have actually played out. But for the most part, like a team will rest one game and then the other team will rest the other. You know, it's not a great kind of uh, series like the playoffs. But I, I mean, right, I think right. this is uh, a situation where the Lakers will live or die by their center rotation and what they can get from ad at the five when they need him what they can get from mm-hmm. uh gasol or whoever is going to be guarding zubach because i think he's he could yeah. be a, a role player who can affect uh, winning and losing and the clippers have enough big man depth that if the lakers do commit to playing small for extended periods of time they'll just put ibaka at the mm-hmm. five and he's going to do as good a job as anyone we're about to talk about right. today um except for maybe like a draymond green uh, maybe better than Draymond Green at, at defending AD and being that five that's more mobile and able to do the things that most bigs can't do when you're attacking them with AD in those situations. And then you have uh, Marcus Morris as someone you can pair with him at the four. You can move Kawhi up to the four. So they have a couple of these bigger dudes with Zoo and Boogie, but they have some mobility as well. So in a lot of different ways, the Clippers are a really bad matchup for the Lakers. Yeah, I think I think you saw that last night as well. Just with the sheer three point scoring, I keep saying it. That's something that that worries me. And they're as good as the Lakers defense is. They don't score as many three point shots as other teams. And it's going to be hard to make that the difference between winning and losing when you can't, you know, and so hopefully they can get uh, some free throws and, and and have a different formula like they did last year with defense and, and playing physical and versatile uh, in those adjustments. But um, anything else for per Clippers, the bigs matchups before we move on? I think we covered it pretty well. It, it's a series that could evolve into a lot of different things, but from a starting point standpoint, feel good about Gasol, feel good about AD, don't feel good about Trez. Drummond maybe leaning towards no, um, and if you do need to play Trez at the four with Gasol, I, I, I can see a path towards that. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll move on to uh, we're going to do the Nuggets, Mavs, Blazers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's Grizzly Spurs. I would say, Tim, let's do like a deeper dive and look into the Nuggets and maybe hit some of these other teams' little quick hitters because... Uh, at, at best, we'll play them for a play-in game, which you know we still have to consider. We can't become the Clippers last year. We gotta take this seriously. But uh, I think the center matchups are a little bit more important toward the top of the top of the West. So okay. we'll come through uh, sure. after the break and go through that. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, back from the break, we did just see the Nuggets uh, earlier this week. Tim, uh, Anthony Davis had a very nice game, but... It was uh, Andre Drummond, I think, who actually did okay in his in certain minutes. Uh, some of it was real bad, and he definitely got beat by Jokic. But having two centers, two seven footers in the same lineup to be able to pass from one to the other on Jokic is quite helpful. And the Lakers were able to play great defense and get a win with the shorthanded roster. So does that more of the start Andre Drummond like play it like we saw? in this game and 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 just kind of you know like put the re- together the rest on the fly so uh, the idea of having multiple centers you can throw at Jokic defensively is smart and that's why it was important that's why like you you uh, people have said hey why don't they cut Tr- Drummond would the Lakers be better if Drummond weren't on the team would the Lakers title odds be better without Drummond no because you need that depth you need that depth for a series like this if Gasol weren't on the team if they Lakers bought him out and then Drummond gets in foul trouble. Lakers are in trouble. Yeah. We think about uh, last playoff series. We potted during that series when AD was out there defending Jokic. The Nuggets were winning. They they were winning those minutes. It was when Dwight was out there that the Lakers could really kick butt. So you want to have multiple options. Trez isn't that guy. Trez should not be playing minutes when Jokic is out there. If Denver were worse at countering extra help in the post. If Denver were the Lakers in terms of countering extra help in the post, you can have uh, Trez out there and you can be sending extra dudes and make life a little bit easier. But Denver's so good at countering that consistently, accurately, like just just they pick that apart. You can't really play him. So the only way Trez plays in this series is when Jokic is on the bench. But I think the big difference between the last game we watched and how I'd approach the series is I'd start Gasol. He's the better of the post defenders between him yeah, and Drummond. I'd lean towards that guy. You're probably going to need Drummond out there because Jokic is going to play a ton of minutes. Gasol probably isn't going to play 35 minutes or something like that. He's going to accrue fouls over time. So you need to have both. But I would prefer for the minutes and the starting piece to lean towards Gasol instead of Drummond. But absolutely would be. I mean, I think that was the game where he was plus 17 and 17 minutes, right? He came in and just immediately made an impact on both ends of the court, stretching the the floor on offense being physical and and not fouling on, on Jokic. It's not the same as kind of an annoying Dwight kind of physicality with all his Mm -hmm. like bumps and, and shoves, but Mark, but it's just enough. 
it, like yo he gets in the he, way he, uh, yeah he's a big body he plays very technically sound he does not let Jokic win pre-catch which is where Trez is really going to struggle like we've seen how Andre Drummond can bury guys under the basket and then get easy shots Jokic will do that same thing to you if you're not strong enough and both Drummond and Gasol I think Gasol a little bit more than Drummond are, are good at that and then once he gets the ball Gasol does a pretty good job not reaching it and fouling and that's somewhere where Drummond we talk about his quick hands and him generating steals the downside to that is it results in more fouls mm-hmm. so he's gonna get those ticky-tack fouls guarding Jokic in a way that Gasol doesn't because Gasol just is going to be in the right spot it's gonna put his hands up not gonna foul you and you just have to make shots over him sometimes the shots go in but you it's it he's not gonna give you the easy points so I, I would definitely want to lead with that and then have Drummond as an option that you can bring out there because um, he'll give you okay minutes in terms of defending Jokic in the post as well. That's kind of the difference to me between him and, and you know, obviously Trez is you can uh, put some Drummond minutes on Jokic minutes and not feel awful about that, even if there's no AD, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if let's say we do that, how do you feel about Drummond versus JaVale? Is their backup center? Let's go through this now, right? They have JaVale McGee now, which gives them a, a element of size they didn't have last year compared to like a Mason Plumley. But if they want to play small, they also have Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap. Um, I mean, if you really want to go crazy small, Michael Porter Jr. at the five, right? But they don't really have the guards anymore to to quite get there. But so right. let's go there. Drummond on JaVale. Could you do Trez and Gasol in this lineup against, like I said, Paul Millsap, uh, uh, Jamichael Green as the, the backup fours? I think you could. Um, keep in mind that Denver is a really, really strong offensive rebounding team. So that that's something to worry about. And actually, by playing Gasol Trez, you, you put yourself in a good position to, to defend and, and rebound. Because, I mean, Trez is a weak post defender for a five. He is a weak defensive rebounder for a five. Slot him to a four, and he's okay at both of those things, if not a plus. So I think having that Gasol... Uh, Trez 5-4 combo can be good because then defending a Millsap or defending a Jermichael Green, those are dudes that that I'm not as worried about. Michael Porter Jr., if he's out there and he's running around screens, then you're in trouble. Then I, I don't think you can play that pairing, and that might be where Denver goes if the Lakers go this route. But if it's Jermichael Green, if it's Paul Millsap, I'm okay with Trez out there at the four and then Gasol playing five. At the I same mean, time. you have to imagine though that it is, I think now that I think about it now with Murray down, I don't think there's a single minute where Michael Porter Jr. or Jokic isn't on the floor in the playoffs for the Nuggets. And they got Aaron Gordon as well. Gordon. Yeah. That's gonna be I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. That's, that's their starting four right now, but he could, you know, play small ball five and really have an athletic kind of like cutting lineup around uh michael porter jr as well Mm -hmm. yeah so it this one's kind of a maybe it depends on who denver is running out there but there will be some groups where it makes sense with gasol trez there will be some groups where it doesn't make sense it's tough though i feel like for denver particularly to go small because they're going small is really small with like facundo Campazzo and monte morris like pj dozier like Dozier's got some size, but some of their guards, I don't think are, you know what I mean? Equipped to go super small for some of those lineups. So I don't think that end of the spectrum 
really worries me too much. It's more of like McGee Porter plus, you know, three of those guys. Yeah, I mean, Tom, you got your eye on those uh, West Matthews post-ups. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, those Kyle Kuzma post-ups? Yeah, it could don't happen. Don't joke, it could happen. I mean, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. Anything else against this matchup? I think the clear Jokic matchup is obviously the priority. I think Gasol showed mm-hmm. how good he is against a guy like that. Um, I mean, Marc Gasol was Nikola Jokic, like, for for t- 10 15 years before Jokic was so i can just see defending him he's like oh i see what he's trying he's setting me up for this you know all these intelligence coming into play uh i think gasol is the clear advantage in in center minutes here agreed yeah all right so let's try and hit these ones quick so let's talk about these in team pairs of two mavs and blazers right the two teams were kind of vying for you got mavs they they've started a bunch of different starting lineups. So they've started all these guys in some order, but they have Willie Cauley Stein, they have uh, Dwight Powell. They also have Kristaps Porzingis, Maxi Kleba, and of course, uh, Boyan Marjanovic. If they really want to go massive, they have uh, the giant in there. So, I mean, against any of those, we saw Luca cut up their pick and roll defense the last time we saw them in a couple back-to-back games so i guess you know we saw that against andre drummond is this another gasol series or is this somewhere you could see drummond actually staying on the court yeah this is tough for gasol because the way they will attack the catch hedging or or doubling or any any sort of aggressive non-drop coverage is they're looking at these Willie Cauley-Stein, Dwight Powell lob threats and trying to really quickly have the ball handler get the ball out and attack that 4v3. They'll have the short roll going. They'll have just the slips going. So they'll play that pick and roll attack game and they're ready to attack you no matter what you're running out there. In those situations, that big man who's showing hard or in that catch edge needs to be able to book in and get back. And I think I feel best about AD and Trez maybe flipping their hips and getting back there. A little bit less so Gasol. Drummond maybe a little bit more than Gasol. Um, None of these guys are – like it's not a strong offensive rebounding team. It's not a strong post-up team. So I don't worry about Trez the way I do in a lot of other series. So this might be one where he gets more minutes relative to to some other matchups. Interesting. I mean, definitely the the foot speed ability to be able to try and blitz to you. I have to imagine uh, the Lakers would blitz uh, that pick and roll frequently. So you might want some more foot speed. And that's where it could be tough for yeah, Marcus saw, like you said. I mean, ultimately, this is a, a big, big AD at the five series um, yep. because of uh, because of that. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be more important for the series just given how they like to attack and the personnel they have out there. And if it does come that the Lakers end up going really big and having some success, Dallas would have, like I said, some of the, the big guys they could throw out there just to take up space. And they also have a Maxi Kleba who could stretch the floor, Kristaps Porzingis. So is there any kind of matchup within the backup four or five where you think Gasol Trez might work uh, to kind of help Gasol in this case? So if like Dorian Finney-Smith's out there, I'm okay. So just just Trez guarding somebody, I'm okay with Trez guarding Dorian Finney-Smith. Trez guarding Porzingis, uh, a, a bit less so. He shoot right um, over him. I mean, 
Exactly. He's not going to like bang with him down low, but he'll just shoot yeah. over him. And that that's that's where you run into trouble. So another maybe, but I don't think we get to this point because I don't think we get as much Gasol at the five minutes in this series. So Gasol Trez has less opportunity to happen. So I, like I said, we just did pods, you know, we had a little disagreement, the last Dallas pod about Trez's role. So has anything shifted as far as, as this, the Lakers end, or are you just a little more confident that they'll, they'll figure it out, I guess, with the healthy team. I think I'm confident they'll, they'll figure it out. And in that last pot. So what I was thinking about, when I when I was I was advocating when I was advocating for Trez to sit and Gasol to play that one game was more Trez of everybody on the team hadn't really had that time off he had yeah. been injured he hadn't been getting those rest days and Gasol hadn't played in a bit so that was more a Lakers thing mm. versus a tactical against an opponent thing now that we're looking exact like we're looking at the tactical beat Dallas perspective I, I like Trez in this series. All right, well, let's let's take on the Blazers now. They have a pretty straightforward front court rotation uh, compared to some of these other teams. They got Yusuf Nurkic, their clear starter, and they got Ennis Cantor, who's their backup. And you know, Cantor is infamous now for getting played off the court in the playoffs. Can't play Cantor because of some of his defensive limitations. But if you don't have the kind of post defender in there, you know they'll just run you up on offense and just just beat you to the ground with with inside scoring and and offensive rebounds so you almost yeah you need to to counter the cancer but once you do i think like i i think this is uh drummond on Nurkic and then Gasol on the second unit personally uh i I don't mind drummond then in here against this matchup but maybe i should i don't know yeah I think where I am is it's a definite no Trez series yeah. because I don't like him defending the post against their starting or backup centers. Drummond or Gasol, I can see either playing. This is a team that you can play against and go small with AD at the five because they have Nurkic and Cantor and then they have Rocco. Yeah. And they don't really have much in between. And if they are playing Rocco at the five, and, and I mean, he's done it for Houston. Mm-hmm. We, we saw that series. Um, but if they do go small there, they don't have much in terms of like wing type players. They don't have the Aaron Gordons that if they do want to slide down, they have those other bigger bodies that can fill in in between. So if you do want to go small, Portland's going to struggle to to match that. So AD at the five could be just a checkmate move in this series. But thinking Drummond and Gasol, I think either of them could could be playing here. So I'm I'm good with both options there. I as always, will lean Gasol, I think, right. just because I like how he opens things up from a spacing standpoint. But either of those, I think, would work. I, I was just thinking, I think maybe Drummond's kind of, uh, you know, disruption in the, the passing lanes. I'm I'm yeah. guessing. Against smaller guards. It could be good, but at the same time, like, I can see, like, a thousand step-up threes where Drummond doesn't kind of step up quite far enough and Dame <sighs> just has 35 foot range. So that spacing, that yeah. geometry of the court's kind of tough for Drummond as well, but it's, it's tough for Gasol as too. So this is another series. You probably see the Lakers find ways to blitz and like late shot clock double team. Yeah. Our perspective might change uh, tonight. Right. <laughs> true. To that game. Cause we're probably going to see, we're going to see these right. matchups. So uh, check in with us. Maybe we'll have an update next pod after watching it live for a whole game. Or maybe but, we'll have an update but, uh, on a certain application, Tim. 
Yeah, maybe, perhaps. Locker room, um, fool. Oh, right. So, so that was a, a lob that I just... <laughs> Andre Drummond. Um, yeah, so if you're listening, if you happen to be listening to this before the game, go check out... Uh, Tom and I are going to do a, a Lakers post-game live locker room chat on the locker room app it's on iphone i think on android on android it's in beta so you got to go in i don't i think they're closing it off after a certain number of people so you might still be able to get it uh but go check us out there you can come chat i mean we can have folks even like literally be on the stage and talking so celebrate with us grieve with us uh the chat will be open so it it should be a fun time Uh, we may have some updates then on how we feel about what we just talked about for the past couple minutes yeah i I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I think AD at the five is definitely a good call. I think it's I think it's possible to kind of patchwork like guys in here because Portland is a really bad defensive team. So I think you can mm-hmm. find ways to use Trez and, and use that kind of energy and, and uh, rebounding in, in. Is there is this a Gasol Trez matchup you think could work? I don't like. Uh, well, so let's think Mello, about that. So right? if Trez is out there at the four. He's playing Rocco or Melo, yeah. and in either of those, I, I feel pretty good about Trez. So I'd be okay with that, actually. That that could be the way to get him in this series, because otherwise, I do not want him out there playing center, defending Cantor and Nurkic. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good thought. I think this would be a series that's doable. Um, this series, I think, is going to come down to what screen coverages do the Lakers think they need to run, and who can best work with that on the defensive end, and then offensively. If you could just throw Gasol out there and take one of these two centers just out of it, you've got a lot of weak defenders on Portland that you can attack. So that could be the the spacing effect of Gasol just because he's a floor spacer might be what gets the Lakers to lean his way. Maybe not to start, but eventually in that series. But again, him and Drummond, I think, could both work in this matchup. All right, Tim, anything stand out to you with these Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs matchup? I'm going to open floor for those three teams. The Lakers might have to face one or two through the play-in tournament if it falls that way. So, I mean, Jakob Pertl has had a pretty good defensive season. Uh, definitely not just the scrub. We've got traded for Kawhi anymore. He's an impact player at the center position. They have, you know, Gorgie Dang they signed late in the season, but they do have Rudy Gay. Um, been seeing a lot of, like, DeMar DeRozan at the four these days, which is an interesting Mm -hmm. wrinkle. So is there anything in there? Uh, Warriors playing kind of small still. Don't have a lot of size with Looney, Draymond, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Yeah. With Wiseman out, they've they've been playing smaller and actually looking better, maybe? Steph has a world-breaking month. They look okay. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, Yeah, so these are all teams that the Lakers aren't going to play a full series with. I don't know, man. I, I would imagine if the Lakers play these games, they're just going to like run their normal lineups. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. The I, Grizzlies, I the, they're pretty versatile. Like they, they got like, like different, they're young, yeah. but Jaron Jackson Jr. Can space the floor. Tillman is a short roll guy. Clark is a lob threat. If they want to get tricky, Valanciunas can, can score on you in the post a bit. They are a team between those guys, very good offensive rebounding team as well. Yeah. So, the, that matchup might be it might be based on who they're playing and then you you try to match them but i think drummond makes sense trez against some of these guys yes against some of these guys not as much i think gasol will be fine 
eighty at the five as always is a good option. So I don't I don't have a strong feel on that one yet, and it would just be a single game at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I you know I'm not super worried. Even if the Lakers do get in the play end of one game out of these two against these opponents, I know they're not playing great, but there's no question LeBron and AD are probably playing unless they are just full on out. So. I still mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Schroeder as well. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood, that he's out of the health and safety protocols. Uh, but Tim, before we go here, I wanted to give you some time to talk about this lineup tool that you, we had. Uh, we mentioned at the top we used before the season, and kind of give you some space to to lay out this lineup because uh, we've talked about the lineups a lot all season. I think we're mostly on the same page, so I just kind of want to give you a chance to lay it out, and then I'll maybe ask you a couple questions about it. Sure, man. So I updated it. So we, we used this tool earlier on. You go in, you say it has a full roster and you pick which guys you want to be playing, which positions for which minutes. And it sums up the minutes. It'll tell you which lineups that you're playing most often. It has a couple checks and balances in there to be like, hey, LeBron and AD are sitting mm-hmm. right now. Or like you don't have a point of attack defender out there. Um, from playing around with that, I wanted to use this tool to kind of base myself in reality a little bit because – does does THT get time is a question I have. Does Ben Mclemore have any path to minutes is a question I have. Is Wes Matthews playing the three anything that's realistic or is he going to be playing shooting guard? That was a question I had. Um, Figuring out, you know, is there a way to get all of the centers in the game? Probably not. And then looking at like, do we want Gasol playing with the starters or the bench? Because you can make a case for either and – Gasol with the bench adds some organization, adds some playmaking, and I think can be really helpful for them. And it's always good to have a good defender with that bench unit. But Gasol with the starters opens the floor up for AD and helps AD look much better, helps LeBron look much better. Um, And what I found through this exercise where I ended up with Schroeder playing 30 minutes, I have KCP and Caruso playing 27 minutes. And I do think Caruso might not play that many. He he tends to be capped a little bit lower. And if so, THT might get those minutes. Wes might get those minutes. Um, I didn't fit THT into here. I couldn't fit Macklemore into here. Wes Matthews, I was able to get 18 minutes. And his minutes were in specific lineups that have been really good in the year. LeBron, I've got playing 36 minutes. Same with AD. I've got Kuz fitting in with 18 minutes. And among everybody, Kuz has gotten more of the scattered, like he's not going to play really long stretches at a time. It's like three minutes here, six minutes there, three minutes there. Um, You just kind of have to have one of those guys if you're trying to get certain lineups in there, which I was trying to do. And then I was able to, what I did was I started Gasol and I have Gasol playing the first nine minutes of the first quarter, the first nine minutes of the third quarter. That's it. And then uh, Harrell is the guy I had playing some of the other center minutes where he gets uh, the bridging the first and second quarters and then bridging the third and fourth quarters. And then AD's playing my other center minutes. But the way I was thinking with this is really easily you can flip all of those Harrell minutes to Drummond instead. Everything else be the same and and that could work. Um, This is very much kind of like a base. Depending on who you're playing, you you finagle with this and, and try to match things up specific ways. But one thing that was important to me was I want LeBron and AD out there at all times, one or both of them. And I I was able to accomplish that. I wanted to make sure that the Lakers' best lineups were playing most often. So what I did was I looked at our B-ball index lineup database, looked at our padded net ratings, offensive ratings, defensive ratings. This allows us to look at lineups that have played 200 minutes or 50 minutes and stabilize their performance. So 
we don't have a really high performing lineup on 30 minutes that you just have to say, oh, we can't do anything with this information. It's too small a sample. This lets us look at everything. It'll kind of reel in those outliers and make that data more trustable, more predictable. It removes garbage time, all of that. From that, the three Laker lineups I was sure I wanted to play were Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, Gasol, so the old starting lineup. I wanted to play Schroeder, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, AD, so a small ball, same lineup as that first one, just with Gasol out, Caruso in. I think this could be a closing lineup. And then I wanted to play Caruso, Wes, Braun, Keith, and Trez, which has actually had some success. Um, it's not quite that lineup of meh, but it's it's similar, but much better performing. I was able to get those those lineups 12 minutes, 9 minutes, and 9 minutes. Those have been the Lakers' best three lineups so far this season. I think going into the playoffs, you don't just like come up with new random lineups and try to use them and think they're going to do well. I don't think you look at lineups that haven't been performing well and expect them to perform well. This is what's been working, so use it more. Um, and then I ended up with my center minutes, uh, 33 of the 48, either being Gasol or AD time. And then 15, either that would go to Drummond or Trez. So that's what I ended up with. I, it's hard to convey this odd, through audio, yeah. so go check out my Twitter. I've tweeted this yeah. out. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Tom? Uh First of all, this is not like, uh, you know, a, a static thing that just against every team. This is how you do it. We talked, obviously, for 45 mm -hmm. minutes, 50 minutes about the different machinations of it. So I know this is just the yeah. template. Right. But a couple of things. I think I don't think I would want to do Trez Keith Bennett's in the postseason. And I think it's because you have other options. I think there's certain lineups against the, some of the small uh, you know, teams maybe, but you know, we kind of talked it through. I think there are better options, mainly with AD there. Um, and the other thing is, I, I think you're right with THT that he probably isn't ready for postseason minutes yet, but I do think there are exceptions, right? Yeah. It's like backup units against NS Cantor. Um, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. anywhere, uh, backup unit against Dario Saric. Anywhere that the other team is throwing out a lineup with a lack of rim protection or kind of, you know, perimeter defense, I guess, pick and roll defense that really worries you from stopping penetration because that's where he could be good. Right. He can give you a positive outlook there. But then it's like, can he be so good that he outweighs the defense that he's going to give up with the uh, spacing uh, he's going to be playing against? So I think that's spot on. I do think. There are lineups with LeBron and uh, McLemore that make sense. But again, it's like you need four defenders and THT and four defenders and Ben McLemore yep. for some of these lineups to work ideally. And to me, Trez isn't in those equations. So uh, Gasol, you know. It's got to be like Gasol, AD, LeBron, Caruso, and McLemore. Right. Or something that like sounds that. like a very useful spacing, you know, even if he messes up a little on defense, Crusoe's right behind to rotate, you know, LeBron's mm -hmm. right behind the other incredibly intelligent players around him. Yeah. So I, in filling this out, I think the path to THT or Macklemore getting minutes would be pulling from Wes. If Wes's shots aren't falling and you're not playing like a, a Clippers team where you need that wing defense, Wes's minutes can really easily just go to zero 
and you can put I gave him 18 so among those 18 you can really easily get Macklemore 10 and THT 8 or, mm-hmm. or some combination I think Caruso I have him at 27 minutes he might not he play more than like 24 25 right. um, so there's some minutes there as well uh, I have KCP at 27 he might get more than that um, Schroeder I think this is a huge curveball that I didn't really address with this but Schroeder in the playoffs might be coming into these series not having any ramp up games he might go straight from protocols to playoffs and because of that maybe he doesn't start playing 30 minutes you you might have to and and if Caruso's already capped that is 24-25 you're going to need THT you're going to need Macklemore you're going to need KCP time so it's very up in the air this is very much a base and then if you know, I, this, I think this is what I kind of start with in general. And then you say, okay, Tim, you're playing the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And then I make the tweaks to play the right. Nuggets. Or you're playing the Clippers. I make specific tweaks. You can't have the same rotation against everybody and, and be optimized. But I think the principles of try to play your best lineups the most, everything else equal, and try to have LeBron and AD out there, one at least one of them at all times, and and try to make sure you have some shooting out there at all times is those are just some like principles. I think you make a great point with the Trez Keith minutes. I have nine of them. They would be probably time against backup groups, mm-hmm. but even then, this is has not been a duo that's been fantastic defensively. I will say the only lineup I have them playing is in the Caruso West Braun mm-hmm. Keith Trez lineup. And that's been a lineup that still has worked. A lot of Trez Keith minutes have not worked a lot of the other lineups have not worked this one has that was the only reason i was willing to put it out there because when i would initially built this i had those keith trez minutes and i was like oh shoot i can't do this is there any way i can make sure the other three players are the right three players to make this work that's what i went with but if you don't want to go that route totally understandable and then it's just a matter of like do you change ad's minutes around or do you flip who's starting between Drummond slash Harrell and Gasol, because then if you have Gasol, Keith minutes, that looks a little bit different. What I did notice is if you do put Gasol coming with the bench instead of starting, you remove the opportunity for the Lakers to play any of their like top seven performing lineups on the season. Hmm. And I didn't think that made sense. I mean So I, I would I would start Gasol. I, I he lets you play your best lineup this year yeah. has been that old yes. starting group. He not even spaces close. the floor for AD. Like the best version of AD and LeBron should be with spacing around them. And the best spacing lineups have Gasol yeah. out there along with KCP and Caruso or, or Schroeder has been okay. But that, I think to me, you need to make your superstars look like your superstars. And that means having Gasol out there instead of having Trez or Drummond clogging things up. Because driving matters, that post play matters, and being able to play five out helps everybody play a little bit better on this team offensively. Yeah, I mean, talk about, you know, minutes getting redistributed. I don't know if LeBron could play 36 minutes in the playoffs at this point, unfortunately. So, you know, we'll yeah. we'll see. They might have a little bit deeper of a rotation or more erratic, I think, than last year. You know, just more mm-hmm. changes, which uh, we'll see how that falls. I do, and I have liked this lineup most of the season. Schroeder, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, AD. That, to me, seems like, a good kind of, you know, amalgamation of what their best closing lineup could be. Yeah. And I closed the fourth quarter in the second quarter with that. Mm-hmm. Group. I wanted to make sure I got some minutes for them. Cause I think that's all, again, all things equal. That's who the Lakers might close with depending on who you're 
needing to defend, you, you shift around some of these guys. I mean, but. I don't think Caruso will play the final 15 minutes of the game because uh, I think that he might die, you know, without a rest. But That's a good point. That <laughs> You found a hole. This is hard, though. This is really, really hard. To, and this is you could see how yeah, people bitch about like coaching lineups and don't always appreciate how difficult these decisions can be. It's a zero sum game, quite literally. The right the right number of minutes in general and then the right combinations of guys and then making it so dudes aren't like super sporadic in terms of play three minutes there, play three minutes there, play six minutes there. And then you have to avoid what you just pointed out with Caruso where I have him playing from the three minute mark in the third quarter until the end of the game. (laughs) So, I mean, the answer might just be move three of those minutes in the middle to KCP or somebody. Um, or, or THC or some of the, like, it could be a quick, simple fix, yes. but it's so easy, even if you give a lot of thought, and I put a lot of thought into this, to run into those situations where, yeah, this might not work. No, I, I like this tool a lot, and I think we should use this more uh, when we do our adjustments and our, our discussions about the different matchups here. Um, yeah, big game against Portland tonight, Tim. Uh, we don't know. I haven't looked at Twitter. It's about 1.30 PST right now. Don't know if AD is playing, but what do you think goes down tonight, Tim? The Lakers have to give their best shot. Um, and I think their best shot, given that LeBron shooter are going to be out, this might be the game you flip that switch and play AD at the five and hope that Portland can't match it. I, I think you might need to pull out some of those stops and put the the Portland defense in compromising positions and just do everything you can there. And by having AD at the five, that also lets you switch a bit defensively if you need to a little bit more because we saw in earlier matchups this season with Portland, they're much more prepared to beat the catch hedging and the show and recovers that the Lakers tried to use against them last playoff series with a lot of success. So if I'm trying to put Portland in a tough situation and I know that that coaching staff, like they're good at what they're good at, but in-game adjustments for things they haven't seen isn't a strong point for them. 80 at the five might be the way that you eke this one out in a huge game for the standings. This is a, a my, like a gigantic before that we were recording. We were saying this might be the biggest game of the season for oh, the yeah. right now. Like you have winning or losing this game matters a bunch. So that might be the way you go about it. Of course, I'm hoping for some Gasol minutes. <laughs> they might not come. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the guys that are questionable end up playing. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a huge game. And I'm excited for the uh, locker room discussion afterwards to debrief and, and figure out what the next steps are. Either celebrating or grieving. Yep. We'll, we'll be there with you. Yeah, so quick update. THT is out. Caruso is now questionable. But KCP, AD, Kuz and Gasol are all probable. Okay. So catch us on Locker Room. Same ads as Twitter at Creative Destroyer at Tim underscore NBA. And we will catch you guys after the Portland game. We'll talk to you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. 
we're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.